Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Kudos to you, man, because we found your impersonation that you nailed. Because you're, you're Sam Elliott in our... Um, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot was was just spot on. God, I listened to it like three or four times and it was making me laugh every time. Like really, because I'm not like an impression guy. I, I mean, I do stupid voices, but yeah. I never thought I could sound like another person. Well, it was You're, because really, you, yeah, you got you had you had his like you had. For me, it's not just like sounding exactly like the person. It's being able to be in character. And you were in character with what we were talking about. Where we were talking about, like, man, he really must have liked to get puked on. And he was like, yeah, that's my thing. Why don't you come back to my trailer? And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very enjoyable. Uh, had to take it to a weird place. I mean, that's what we had to do. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I've talked to both my cousin Donnie and I've talked to Rambo, who have both watched the movie and they both enjoyed it. And I was like did we watch the same movie guys? Like what the fuck? How did you enjoy this movie? <laughs> and like Rambo had some really good points. He was like, he was like, really, if you know this genre that they're making fun of, he's like, it is kind of like a wink and a nudge like that. This is what they're doing, but it's also a, like a deconstruction of the whole thing too. the whole, like, you know, the government, you know, takes me out of retirement to do this thing. And I was like, okay, but he totally agreed with me. I was like, that fight scene was bullshit. And he was like, yeah, they made some strange choices. I was like, like getting stabbed in the chest 15 times and then puking all over him. He was like, that was interesting. <laughs> like it was, we had a really good time. Budget was, I'm going to look that up. $25. Oh, for a second. I thought you had it like on point. You're like, yeah. it was going to be like 25 million. <laughs> yeah. It's, but the one thing that he said that I really agreed with is he said it was, I really enjoyed the movie and I, and I sit back and I think about it and I really ended up enjoying it too, because the first part was so good that it's worth watching again. If that makes sense, the fight scene is pretty bad. Like, but the the ending is pretty garbage, but it was still like, it was, yeah, it was, I would, I would watch it again just for that. But then also too, it's one of those things where like I would introduce it to other people and watch it with them and then just watch their reaction as, as the Bigfoot pukes on people. Like, <laughs> Especially if they don't know it's coming, huh? Yeah. I'm not going to tell them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but guys, let's, man, we got a great episode coming up tonight. Hi everybody. It's Mike and Steve and MC, and we're here for another episode of GGR pirate radio. We are going to be talking about, just a, a nice melange of things here, a cornucopia of topics, if you will. We, a, a few months back, and, and I think it was just me and Steve at this point, uh, MC, you might not have been involved yet at this point. We did a Mount Rushmore of our cities, of like our favorite cities, uh, sports um, heroes, basically who was on our Mount Rushmore. And we had a request because we asked for it. We, we asked our, our, our listeners, hey, is there anything that you guys want to hear from us? And we got some requests and somebody wanted us to do a um, specifically for MC and I and Steve, honestly, if, if you want to give yours as an outsider, it might be kind of interesting to hear, too. But they wanted us to give a Mount Rushmore of the Washington football team and MC and I both tabulated our list and we're going to go over those. But then MC came up with a great idea and Steve came up with this idea, too, um, in another aspect. We want to talk about what MC affectionately referred to as Mount Bustmore 
of uh, of sports uh, of DC sports for us and then Pittsburgh sports for Steve of just the biggest busts. It can be a draft bust. It can be a trade. It can be a free agency signing, whatever. We're going to talk about all of those tonight. Uh, we're also going to answer some other questions that we had from some listeners uh, as well. So stay tuned, guys. It's another great episode of GGR Pirate Radio coming up right now. Some kind of You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same. thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right. It's called pirate radio. What we do, it is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If <laughs> you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called Pirate Radio. Paying heels. Chicks dig stars. Glory. Last forever. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Before I leave Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so f***ing awkward, bud. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally going to use that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we are the podcast du jour of the Great Geek Refuge. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. You guys should check us out. Uh, Whenever you get a chance for all of our awesome podcasts and our amazingly fun and insightful articles that we have. Joining me for this evening podcast and pretty much every podcast that we do is the guy who helped me find this website back in 2014 uh he's been the co-founder and he's been the co-host of ggr pirate radio since the the very early days his name is steve monica you guys are both on my mount rushmore of podcast people oh thanks man that means a lot i can tell (laughs) so (laughs) earlier this year we added a third person to our triforce of podcasting awesomeness uh, he is a a rapper. He is a, I would say, a man of many talents because he has tons of different interests. But not only that, a man of principle and a man of stout moral composition. 
Uh, and man, I can't tell you how happy I am that he is part of our team and continues to want to be part of our reindeer games here at GGR Fire Radio. Uh, his name is MC Brooks. I am all might. <laughs> I did. I just realized that you had made the Dell joke like six or seven times in podcasts prior, and I never <laughs> got it until you told me. You were like, hello from the other side. And I was like, okay, whatever. Let's move on. And then I was like, because you're on a Dell. I, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> took me a while. What can I say? <laughs> Guys, this will be a fun podcast. Uh, we have some listener requested questions that they want us to answer. Uh, so let me thank some of the people that gave us some questions. Uh, we had questions from Jeremy Lee of uh, Rock Deep Road Radio Infamy. Uh, we have questions from uh, Yolanda Harvey, who is part of um, Rogue Sports with Yo and Mika. She's also part of Two in One with her and Dave Thomas, not the guy who founded Wendy's, uh, different Dave Thomas. Um, and <laughs> to Mika Rector, uh, we also got questions from Dave, too, as well. And it doesn't have anything to do with square, square hamburgers. Um, but thank you guys for, for having questions. And we will address them uh, in this podcast. But also, too, like we tend to do, those questions prompted us to come up with more topics to discuss. So the first question here was from Dave Thomas. Um, and let me go ahead and pull that up so that we can read it directly. I mean, to, to kind of paraphrase the, the question that he asked us, he wanted to know from both myself and Mr. MC Brooks, as we are DC sports fans, who would be on our Mount Rushmore of Washington football players or just of, of the Washington football franchise who would be your Mount Rushmore? And I thought that was a good question because we've done the Mount Rushmore thing before. But that, this is a little more refined, a little more focused. So, Dave, we're going to answer your question first. And then we're also going to give Steve a chance to do his Mount Rushmore for the best uh, Pittsburgh Steelers of all time, too. And then we'll we'll go into some other crazy sidebars and offshoots of this thing, as we tend to do. We're also going to talk about Mount Bustmore, which just sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds wrong. It, it will. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it like that, yeah. But I was thinking, like, instead of just their head, you also get their shoulders, too. But, you yeah. know. You... It's the after dark version of this. <laughs> Let me tell you this girl right here. No, Jesus. Yeah, we're not doing that. Um, so anyways, let's let's jump right in. And MC, I want you to start us off here, man, because you were the architect of this idea. So, I mean, like, kudos to you, man, because you I had no idea what we were going to talk about tonight for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and this came together in the eleventh hour. So good job, team! Way to go! High five! Um, start start us off, man. Start us off with your Mount Rushmore of of, of DC football um, infamy or or fame, depending okay. on who you choose. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, my list is fairly simple. I mean, there there are so many great people to choose from that it's almost impossible to to go wrong with any of the people who are worthy of being on here. So uh, my first choice was. The legend Daryl Green, fastest fastest man alive for many years in the NFL, uh, cornerstone of this franchise for 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 many years, and a legend, of course. Uh, secondly, I have Coach uh, Coach Gibbs, simply because he's probably the, the greatest coach this franchise has ever had. He's beloved by fans everywhere, and he was actually successful in his second stint here, which you know was was kind of like a cheap nostalgia grab by Snyder in terms of hire who he could hire to run the, the franchise, but it worked out, you know, two, two playoff appearances in, in four years. And I think they won one of those years. Can't be, can't be mad at that. Uh, number three, I actually have uh, Doug Williams first uh, African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And <clears throat> excuse me. 
I mean, the second quarter of that game is just, I mean, it's, 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 it's Hall of Fame worthy. Like, it's really fun to just go back and see, oh my God, they put up 35 points in a quarter. That's crazy. And last but not least, I have probably the most underrated wide receiver in NFL history, simply because he was disrespected by the Hall of Fame for so many years until he finally got in. And that is Art Monk. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. All of those choices were were just were spot on. The the only one that I that you had that I that I didn't was um you had Doug Williams on there, which was I mean, that's a, an amazing choice because if you've ever watched if you're not a not a Washington football fan, but you like watching NFL films, which I there for a while there that was like my go to. I would just watch anything NFL films, those old ones, like with the, and you can hear the music playing in the background right now, <laughs> but like the, that, the music was just amazing. And like John Facenda's voice, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the iron curtain defense, like the dude just had such a ballsy voice and it was just, it made everything sound epic. Like he literally could have announced like a peewee football game and you would have been captivated <laughs> to watch how it ended. Little Jimmy with the end around tripping over his own shoelaces gets up without being touched and scampers for four yards after running in circles and waving to his mom in the crowd. Like, watching that Super Bowl, the Washington football team, watching Washington versus Denver in that Super Bowl, and knowing that Denver was was kind of taking it to him, man. It was 10 nothing yeah. after the first quarter. And Doug Williams had taken a shot to the head and to the knee, and... My dad recounts this. Like he's like, I remember watching that game, and and Williams took that shot to the head, and it's like when he came back, he was a different quarterback, and like he just lit them up. I mean, thirty five points, thirty five points in in a quarter. Like this isn't like across like the game. No, he in in one quarter, like he changed that 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 entire Super Bowl, and and Denver just couldn't recover. I mean, and this is John Elway, like arguably like in his physical prime too, and like that was no. Mm-hmm. That was no garbage team, man. Those Bronco teams were good. It's just they ran into buzzsaws like Washington and like some of the other teams that they, they went up against in the Super Bowls and, and other years, too. But, like, it was just amazing. All of ours were the same with the exception of that one. Um, you also chose um, – I had Art Monk. I had Joe Gibbs. I had Daryl Green. I had those three. But the other two that I had, instead of Doug Williams and instead of uh, – who was your other person that you had, too? No, I just had four. You only had four? Okay, I actually had five. Okay, so that makes sense why I have some different ones. Um, I also I also had John Riggins. Not so much because... Well, he basically like had set like all the rushing records for the franchise. But I think that if you were going to have one moment other than Doug Williams' uh, Super Bowl 7... Uh, Super Bowl... What Super Bowl was that? I don't even remember. I don't, I don't even remember. I want to say it was like 23... But Super Bowl 17 was the one where it was uh, Washington versus uh, Miami. And Riggins just ran that that ridiculous run where, like, he, people were just hitting him and just falling off of him. And he just ran it all the way to the house. That was, like, the most amazing moment in franchise history. Like, he single-handedly changed the fate of that team at that point. And it was amazing. So he's on my list. Uh, but also, too, it's not really so much a player as it is a group of players. Because they were an entity, and that's the Hogs. Oh yeah, because yep. it was the it was the first time that I can. Well, I mean, because I was also young too, so I can't really remember before that. But <laughs> like, 
where the sum of the parts was more important than, than the individuals. And it was like all, a lot of those guys are in the Hall of Fame, but the, they were all instrumental in becoming this thing that helped this team win because they they always say that the stat with Joe gives, oh, he's won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. If it wasn't for the Hogs, they're not doing that. It, it's why Riggins could run for thousands of yards. It's why you can take Ernest Biner and put plug him in and he could run for a thousand yards and you could plug in uh, Ricky Irvins and Brian Mitchell. You could just throw them in there and they would do well. One, because of their athletic talent too, but because you had the biggest like brick wall in front of you ever that just yep. blocked everybody that year that they won uh, the 91 Super Bowl which is arguably like ESPN votes them as this sports illustrated votes them as one of the best teams of all time. That team like gave up the least amount of sacks of any football team ever. And I still think that record hasn't been broken. Like Mark Rippon just did not get sacked. And like it, all it does is remind me that this at one point was a functional franchise. And like <laughs> <laughs> they, they did things right. And they, and they were, they were really onto something the way that they had things. And it, I, I, we, we've talked about this before and let me say this up front. I've said this before and I'll say it a million times because I will keep pounding this drum. I don't watch the NFL anymore, but I don't disparage anybody who does because I know there are a lot of people who really enjoy football and that's fine because we've talked about this before too. When we were talking about chicken sandwiches and political aspirations, if you're getting your moral compass from chicken sandwich peddlers, then you need to rethink your life. I think it's the same thing with football. We all know that the NFL has problems. We all know that the the teams themselves have problems. The owners have problems. But at, at the end of the day, ultimately, you're you can you can watch it and you can support it. But that doesn't necessarily say anything about you as a person. But on the flip side, if you choose not to support it, that that's that's the same thing. Does that say something about you as a person? Perhaps, yeah. But it doesn't necessarily define you. And I think that that's an important distinction to make. Yep. Yeah. It only lets it only defines you as much as your investing or or letting everyone know how much you're not investing in it you know what i mean yeah. like yeah if you're making it a point it'll be a point if you're like i just i like watching football on sundays and that's as far as i'm going to go with it or um i'd rather go to the park on sundays then i yeah. you know it's not going to be a big deal yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you steve i want to hear a little bit mm -hmm. about um because, like, we all know about the Steelers because they're, you know, as I used my Facenda voice earlier, the Iron Curtain. Steel but, Curtain. Uh, why am I saying Iron Curtain? <laughs> Jesus. Because that was communism. Thank you. Appreciate it. The other thing that throws me off, too, is apparently a famous beer in Pittsburgh is the is Iron City Beer. And I'm like, why isn't it Steel City Beer? It sure is Iron City Beer. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, had a hand in, in making Iron City Beer. Um, my first year just total tangent but um when i was um just out of college i actually have a biology degree uh, i was a quality assurance technician for the uh, brewery and the brewing company that made iron city beer so i tested ic light iron city all kinds of stuff amongst many other products including four loco uh it was a terrible time <laughs> but uh yeah that's a dark time wait wait the, the og four loco yep like the original like Woo! i would I was testing it amongst the time when all those college kids were like almost killing themselves <laughs> by, by trying to do like a four by four or whatever. And, um, and like Congress was like, can we stop allowing these <laughs> poison cocktails to be made? Uh, and so I was there while they had the energy compound and then go through the process of 
get rid of all the energy compounds. You're not allowed to put that in there anymore. <laughs> now it's just Vago pop flavors with 12% alcohol in it. It was, like I said, it was a dark time. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, actually one of my favorite stories. Like when you were down here visiting us uh, in DC and you were telling us about that, some of those stories were just were, were hilarious. But, um, but yeah, okay, so the Steel Curtain. We we all know like the the basic story, but like give us a little bit of insight into this too, like because who's who's on the Mount Rushmore of 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 the Steelers? Yeah, and like that's that's the question, right? I mean, because there is a very storied history with the franchise, um, and it's from the top down too. Like the the biggest thing uh, that's really bigger than any one player is like the culture and the Roonies and, and the organization and the franchise. I mean, there's definitely Hall of Fame guys. There's people who have won multiple Super Bowls. I mean, there's there's legitimate stars on there. But I mean, if I said to you, Patriots, who do you think? You think Brady and Belichick. When, yeah. I, when I say Steelers, you think the Steelers, like as the franchise, like the franchise comes first. And I, I as much as I'm not a big fan of theirs, it's the same thing with the Cowboys. Like the cowboy star is bigger than any of the stars on the team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yep. um, and that's kind of the, the way the, the Steelers are as well. Uh, so coming up with a Mount Rushmore, like trimming it down to four individuals. The only way I could do it is go with people that I watched growing up and, and enjoying watching their style of play. Uh, you know, for all the Franco Harris's and Jack Ham's and, you know, Lynn Swans and stuff out there. Like I never got to watch them play outside of NFL films. Um, so for me, the, the Mount Rushmore was, was more current players. Um, I had to go the bus, Jerome Bettis, uh, Troy Polamalu, Heinz Ward and Heath Miller. Those were my four just rock stars. That's what made me tune in every single Sunday to watch them play. That unit uh, was so electrifying. Uh, and they had their hands in two Super Bowls. Um, you know, we we were touted now tied with the Patriots with, you know, the franchise with the most Super Bowls. But kind of after the 70s ended, it was three decades of time before we got back and, and won another one. So uh, those core guys on the offense and the defense, and there were so many defensive guys I could have put in. I could have put James Harrison in there. Um, and, I, you know, he could, you know, scare the pants off of anyone. I mean, he, he was just a murder machine that, you know, he so fun to watch him just destroy teams on that line. Uh, James Ferry, even more recent guys before he got hurt. And he's kind of really meant a lot to the team. Ryan Shazier, um, you know, some of these guys, too, when they come and they play, even when they're done, they stay in the city and kind of become like pillars in the community. Uh, I mean, Jerome Bettis has his hand in everything. Heinz Ward has restaurants here. Um, I mean, you know, when Big Ben leaves, he's still going to be in the city doing his thing around here. Yeah, um, getting handy that, with that, waitresses yeah. at, at Eaton Park. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? That was I'm not justifying. I'm not saying he did anything right or, or, or anything like that. But um, that's one thing I will commend him on is he grew from that experience you know he he made his mistakes um and i think that really turned him around you know like i could see yeah. i see so many guys in all up, of yeah. professional sports you know there's the ones that are young and have a crap ton of money 
and then they just let it go to their head like a former Steeler is right now. Uh, or you have someone who they make their first mistake and they go, look, I have my whole life ahead of me. I can either keep down this road and ruin my life and ruin other people's lives alongside of me, or I can turn it around. And he's, you know, he's got a wife, he's got kids. Um, like I said, he's, he's kind of, uh, got his hands in the community and everything like that. So, um, you know, and hopefully he can be a role model to other younger players now. So it's like, look, I made the mistake. I hurt someone else. I did something wrong. Learn from what I did. Uh, learn to be better than I was at that time. So, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, we talk about with sports and all this stuff. And sometimes it's like, yeah, my fantasy team, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, sometimes something good can come of it, even when it starts out so negatively. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great yeah. point. Yeah, go ahead, MT. Oh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I wanted to, like, that. that's a really good point you made, too, Steve, when you were saying that, like, yeah, there's all these great classic players that the this team has, but I didn't see them. And that's the same thing with Washington. Like, yeah. they had they had a lot of, I mean, like, Sonny Jurgensen, for instance, but I never saw Sammy, him play. Yeah, Sammy Ball. Sammy Ball, yeah. And, like, there were a lot of amazing players that I just never got to witness, so I didn't think it was fair. Um, one of the things that I wanted to at least do, because there are some, there were some amazing players that played for this team that had the misfortune of playing under owner Dan Snyder <laughs> and his horrible management style, so therefore they never had a fighting chance to ever really do anything successful. And I wanted to just shout out a couple of them and then see if you had a couple that we could give too. Um, I, I, I want to talk about Clinton Porters for a second, because... People still like because he just recently got elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, Champ Bailey, and Champ Bailey. Yes. I mean, because you mentioned he was a family friend. I mean, he's a, it, it was a great dude, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, should they never should have traded him?" I I sincerely disagree. I really liked Champ Bailey, and I really wish he would have stayed around. But they needed that kind of running back. They needed that workhorse that was going to run people over, but then also take off down the sidelines and. Yep. Clinton Portis was the feature back for this team for, for almost a decade. And that dude took a pounding and kept getting back up and like, just, just kudos to him. Like he, he made some really, really bad financial decisions and he's, he's had a rough go of it, but like he was a, on the field, man, that dude, that dude balled out. Like you would, you, you never questioned his heart ever. Like, yep. Yeah, and that, and I just like I, I got to meet him one time because he came he came to my workplace because they they did this big event and we I got to meet him and he was just the nicest dude and I told him like, hey dude, when I was in the military like I was stuck overseas in that first game when you guys played Tampa and you took off man and let me tell you how awesome it was because most of the dudes I was deployed with were were stationed in Tampa so I got to rub it in their face and he was like oh dude that's awesome man and then he like he signed my little little like cinch sack that they gave us and like signed that and took a picture with me and it was really cool. Oh yeah. Not to mention all of it. I mean, he was just a great dude here. Yeah. And and not only just um on the field, but like his antics off the field. If you remember, like Southeast Dur Jerome, oh, God, and all the, yes. the the monikers he used to have during his uh his weekly interviews, those were <laughs> those were always great. He he had he had a he had a personality, and it wasn't when when Gibbs was there, there were no distractions. There were no, well, this player's demanding more money and he's acting like a fool and he's doing that. There was none of that. Yeah. And like, 
I'm not I'm not disparaging any of the players because I, I think with every story and, and I know, Steve, we all know you were alluding to Antonio Brown. But like <laughs> with that Antonio Brown story, there's a part of that that is him. But I think that there's a part of it that we don't know. And I think that he wouldn't just be acting like this just to be a, a diva completely. There, there's got to be something else going on. Now, maybe he's just a total pile of crap, but I, I think that there's got to be something else going on there that we don't maybe know. But, yeah, I mean, some of the yeah. stories coming out right now are that like some of this stuff's been going on the entire time and the Steelers have just been kind of keeping it under wraps. And, I, yeah. you know, Tomlin's really just kind of been like, go in the corner and just be quiet and just do your thing, but just shut up. Like, and just yeah. kind of, you know, kind of keeping everything under control. And I mean, come on, the Raiders are not a huge culture driven no. organization. No, they're like not. they're the kind of thing they're like, yay, be do whatever you want. And then they're like, Oh no, <laughs> what has happened? Um, so I don't know. It's probably a combination of the two. And there's a lot of people here who kind of theorize, if you remember that playoff game against the, the Bengals, um, the one we won and never should have won because of the 30 the penalty one, yards, the very, very, oh, yeah. End. The yeah, one where where a fight blasted. a fight was a fight was there, but uh, then a football game broke out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and and AB came across the the middle. Uh, ben threw it high, and Vontez Perfect launched into his head, and it absolutely crushed his dome. I mean, and that's what the first fifteen yards was for. And then he's laying there essentially dead, and you know the trainers and stuff comes out and. Um, freaking uh, Joey Porter comes out because he's on the staff at that point and Bengals players start pushing them and they get the other 15 yards for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct messing with someone on the Steelers staff. There's a lot of people here who theorize like that was the moment that AB kind of changed because he got rattled in the head so hard that it, you know, something broke and I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't say if that uh, really, really bad concussions like that have any sort of effect on personality, uh, but it's yeah. certainly something yeah. worth some merit not, or some consideration. That's I mean, not the first time I've heard that, and I, and I think that there is merit to that, but yeah, go ahead, MC. No, I was going to say, I mean, uh, it'll be really interesting to hear if anyone else alludes to that kind of after AB's playing career is done, and they kind of take a look back and we're able to he- actually hear from former teammates who, who will be honest about him because he's not playing anymore and neither are they, where they can speak, they can maybe speak to that, you know, what kind of guy AB was before that happened and, and after. Um, cause, cause while you were saying that, it made me think of the story that Ryan Clark uh, said on ESPN last year about uh, when he was back in Pittsburgh a couple years ago. And I don't know if this preceded that game or not, um, where he, he, he speaks to, uh, warning, warning the staff, like, hey, like when you like, be wary about giving AB the money because the money is just going to make him, you know, act even act out even more than than he than he has so far. And he ended up getting the money, and then he he spoke about several times where uh, AB was in practice, like openly disrespecting Dick LeBeau and other people on the defensive uh, on the defensive staff, players and coaches alike. And it was just like a, a, a big thing. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that like it's starting to really, really come out like Ryan Clark's story, I guess, is just one of many. But the question is, is like, all right, was he kind of temperamental in a hothead? And then this thing happens and it sends it into overdrive. Or was it just 
he's playing, you know, he, he's he's egotistical or whatever, and he was just playing nice to get the payday. And now he's got the payday. Okay, I can do whatever I want now. Or is it somewhere in between? Like maybe it's both. Yeah. You know, uh, who knows? Well, and that's the thing too is like brain injuries can in fact change change your personality. Like that is not that is a a, a factual statement. So it is not unrealistic to think that maybe that is what happened. I mean, God, I hope that's not the case, but like, yeah, I mean, that's, it is, it is just crazy, but like, um, MC, what are, what are some other ones? Cause like, I have a, a couple other like, uh, Washington football players and then we'll move on to the next topic here. Um, that like, were really like, they were just awesome for us and they uh, did great for the city. They did great for the fans and they just, they did not have the right pieces together for them to succeed. And it was a damn shame. A uh, couple, I mean, a couple obvious names uh, on there. Uh, LeVar, LeVar for like a good four years, four or five years, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Was, was, was that, he was, he was that dude on defense. Yeah. Um, Sean Taylor, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, to, to this day, still my, still my favorite, uh, my favorite football player. And honestly, I think if he had played a full career, he probably would have had a, a career like an Ed Reed, like a Troy Palomalu, because he was on that trajectory. And honestly, I I wouldn't even have been upset if for people who would have added him to a, a Mount Rushmore for this organization. I mean, yeah. yeah, he only played for a handful of years, but I think like the impact that he had on the city and the fact that so many fans here saw themselves in Sean and then also got to watch him grow up not only as a player, but as a person from, you know, being kind of a knucklehead uh, when he first got here to, you know, growing up, being a bit more responsible off the field. He became, you know, he had a child, he had a, he had a family when, uh, you know, unfortunately his life was taken away from him. So um, uh, you can, you can put him on there. Um, Santana Moss. Yeah. Uh, Santana, I mean, sure. he, he kind of, even if he did nothing else in his career, the the Monday Night Miracle cemented <laughs> them cemented them in the hearts of Skins fans. Oh yeah, forever. <laughs> but just in that season too, he also had that overtime winner against Jacksonville. Yes, Jacks. I, yeah. I was at that game. It was so nice. crazy. Yeah, he was the man. Funny story about that too. Oh, go ahead, go sorry, sorry. I was gonna say funny story about that because I was watching um, uh, this thing like this interview that Clinton Portis was doing the other uh, the other day, and he spoke about the fact that uh. That uh, he, uh, Sean Taylor, and Santana Moss like had this thing where they used to all take shots together before the game, like when yeah. they, when it was like a game where they felt like they had to win, and it wasn't like an every week thing or like even like a ritual that they did on like a regular basis. Just when they when they felt that it was like a hey, we need to have one of those type of games, you know, boom, and that. That right before that game was exactly that. And Portis was like, he ran for 100 yards. Santana had three touchdowns, including that, that you know, ridiculous overtime game winner. And I thought that was pretty awesome. That is kind of cool, like that kind of camaraderie that's going on there. Um, the great white hope, uh, Chris Cooley. Um, um, that, that's what I was going to ask about. Yeah. Um, so, like, when I very first started playing fantasy football, like, he was a big deal. Uh, yeah. As far as like the, the statistics for the fantasy side of things. So that's the only way I really like knew him as DC residents. Like, did people love this dude or like yes. what What was his yes. story? He was. OK, so. 
first off, he was like really not well known because he went he went to Utah State. So kind of under the radar. Right. And like he was using social media really early and like had yeah. his own blog and like he just became part of the community almost immediately. Like one of the things that he did was is like he told this great story about his first paycheck that he cashed. And like, he, like he got paid, it was something, it was like $420,000, right? Like he got it from, from Washington. He was like, oh shit, what do I go do with this? I, I guess I go to the bank and he goes to the bank and he goes, hi, I'd like to deposit this. And they all looked at him like he was insane. They were like, you just, you want to, and they're all like hushed tones. They're like, you're just going to deposit this check. And he was like, um, yeah, what, 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 what else should I do with it? And like, we got to live through him because he was like mm-hmm. this every man this doofy looking white dude with this big like pseudo john riggins fro thing going on and you were just like <laughs> but he was goofy and he was like he was just this this really really nice dude and he was funny god he was funny oh yeah and like he just he for like watching him have this extra level because th- for years there there were no players that were like special and then we had clinton and we had santana and we had him and it was just like we we finally have and we Sean we have these guys who were just like incredible and like there was a game against Carolina I'll never forget it right and the Panthers were on the cusp of being really good right they they didn't have Cam yet um but it was like when they had uh, when it was Delhomme they played against the Patriots in the Super Bowl like that that Panthers team okay and it was the fourth quarter and Jason Campbell throws a pick uh, uh throws a shot across the middle to Cooley and Cooley breaks one tackle and then breaks another tackle. And then all of a sudden he just turns on the jets and you were just like, I didn't realize this dude was that fast. Yeah. And he just took off and scored. And you were just like, Holy crap. Like we had these game makers. We are these game breakers. We had these guys that do these things. It's just, we couldn't quite put it together. And then the Sean Taylor tragedy. Like, I think that if Sean Taylor, if that hadn't happened, that team was going to go on and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they, they, that was the year they, um, they won that playoff game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. That was two years before. The, yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. Because the one the the year that Taylor died was also the year that Campbell got hurt, and yeah. Todd Collins came in, and Todd Collins played years. lights out too. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. That was. It was a good time to be a Washington fan. And then after the Sean Taylor thing died, after Sean Taylor died, like Gibbs retired. Like you could tell that that took a toll on him. Yeah. And like that was. I knew. I knew the minute he retired that it was all going to fall apart because Greg Williams didn't become the head coach. And I was like, this is, this is going to be bad, but cool to answer yep. your question. Uh, Steve Cooley was, he was the man and like, yeah. he was beloved here. Like he could have run for mayor yeah. of DC probably in one. Yeah. <laughs> and, until, until he became an announcer a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now we just, <laughs> but, now we just pose the company line yeah. and he accidentally sent he, a picture. He sent a picture one time at one point of the red oh. <laughs> playbook, but he was naked and his dick was in the picture. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh, and I don't even know if it was intentional. Like it could have been because he's coolie. Who knows? But like at the same time, too, it was it was just yeah. like he took it in stride. He was just like, yeah, you saw my wang. Eh, whoops. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and if we're being honest, too, he was he was he's honestly one of the early versions of what is now the modern athletic tight end. Like before, you know, you, you I mean, they they weren't really pass catchers. I mean, you had a couple anomalies like a Shannon Sharp and, and whatnot. But but Cooley was probably the closest, like the 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 like the perfect model of the athletic tight end before like this kind of wave that we've had in recent years, where you have like a uh, the Travis Kelseys, 
and the Zach Ertz, the Jordan Reeds and whatnot, who are like freakishly athletic. Because yeah. Cooley didn't really look like it. He just was when he got on the field. Yeah. Because normally, yeah, like you said, the Shannon Sharps were kind of like an anomaly. And like the Tony Gonzalez's, they, they, yeah, they were anomalies. Because normally yeah. it was dudes like, uh, back in the day, the Patriots had this dude named Ben Coates, who was basically like a lineman that could catch. And like, and and I still to this day, I still remember Chris Berman, Ben Winter Coates is what he called him. <laughs> and like, he was like, he was Bledsoe's like safety blanket. Bledsoe would throw it to him. And then Coates would just turn up field and just run people over. And like, that was your tight end. Yeah. Cooley yeah. was kind of that prototype for your Greg Olson's. And, and I mean, Olson's a little older now, but yeah, like those guys were cut from the same mold. And he wore 47, which is a weird tight end number. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really was. Um, but yeah, those are some of the guys that like, I, I really wanted to at least mention because they deserve their due because this ownership group and the horrible management that had it just did not do them justice so they needed at least that and like even jason campbell i feel like he got a raw deal too like oh yeah like when when shanahan came in and shanahan was like oh yeah i can't wait to see what we're gonna do with him and they were like just kidding we're gonna cut him and then we're gonna sign rex grossman and what like that's no remember it was it was mcnab first oh that's right i forgot about mcnab McNab. because somehow we thought that that was a good idea god if your division rivals are offering you someone who's been their best player for years, you probably don't <laughs> want to take that deal. Yeah. Hey, guys, don't you want Donovan McNabb? Wait, why don't you want him? Oh, no, no, no reason. He just, you know, give him some change well, of scenery, right? Like, did you hear? Did you ever hear the story of of the of who was actually who they actually wanted to get that no. year? Who did they want to get? So, I uh, believe the. Um, I don't remember the exact story, but basically uh, there was a deal in place to get Jay Cutler sent to Washington in 2010. Because and, because Shanahan was, yeah, they were yeah. boy, yeah. Yeah, and it, I forget, I think, um, like, the, they were, I think the story goes, like, they were about to send the paperwork to the NFL so that they can, you know, get everything done, and then Chicago swooped in with a better offer at like the last minute and and Denver took that instead. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, so like, so Jay so Jay Cutler was almost the guy in Washington uh in 2010. I'm reading this right now. It says the direction of uh Washington franchise shifted in 5 minutes in a 5 minute span in 2009. They went from thinking they had a quarterback from ne- for now and in the future to continuing a long quest to find one. They were minutes away from landing Jay Cutler then the Chicago Bears beat them out. Yeah. Wow. Like, That's how it goes. Yeah, that would have been well, like, okay, one, it would have been interesting because you would have had a franchise quarterback um and that had already played for your new head coach. But two, can you imagine how the DC media and fans would have ripped him when he has his like lackadaisical, like nothing phases me face? Like just like <laughs> no emotion. Like fans would have ripped him a new one every time. Like he like no three and out that he underthrew a ball and he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and like like kind of just you know trots off the field like (laughs) but just think about but if you but think about how like that would that would have changed the the trajectory of of so many lives oh yeah because if you have a jay cutler going into 2010 and that in that 2010 season i mean argue you're, you're not getting the the media drama with shanahan and um 
McNabb about his cardiovascular en- endurance. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going into 2011 with, oh, yeah, I think John Becker, Rex Grossman could easily lead us to the playoffs in a Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're, <laughs> sure you're, you're you're not and, and you're not doing you're most likely not doing the the RG three deal, it's, which means you're also not getting Kirk Cousins. You're not you're not making like the the fan base has been super divided since 2012 just because of everything that happened those last the those last two years of Shanahan. Yeah, and so it, like it's it's really interesting to think what would have what would have transpired. If 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 they would have been successful enough to where Shanahan would have gotten that front office position that he was vying for, because you know I, I know uh, what the the one of the rumors from back then was that you know Shanahan was going to coach until you know he was going to be done with it, and then he would transition into the front office, let Kyle take over as as head coach and and run the franchise, and then he would be kind of like a de facto GM type. Yeah, I mean, wow, that that's just think about that though. Yeah, like you like you said, they get him. That changes everything. Because they don't lose some of those games that they lost because McNabb and his infamous let me throw at your feet when you're four yards away from me <laughs> passes. Like they wouldn't have gotten stomped in a in a lot of situations. And they would have had a young quarterback, they would have had somebody that already knew the system. Like it He was still wow. good. Yeah. And, and San, Santana was still good. Was was still good. At, still good at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, Cooley was still good at that point. I mean, the, the uh, they had transitioned into a three four that year. So they were, you know, they were they were. I mean, they they probably still would have lost a lot of games because the defense was just not good. And there's no real defense for letting Jim Haslett run your defense ever. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. Like they that they offensively they 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 would have they still would have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean I think that that we we definitely we definitely answered that question for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got we got all of that uh, out out for sure. So uh, so Dave, thanks for asking the question, and we appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>